At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N. A-I-R. Going to get back into the uh, NBA playoffs coming up in just a couple of minutes. We're going to be joined uh, by Eric Moody, a fantasy and sports betting analyst for ESPN. We'll talk about the uh, NBA playoffs and what's been going on here, uh, what we can expect to see uh, when these series continue on Friday and Saturday. Just refreshing what happened here on Wednesday. Both the Heat and the Suns won and covered and uh, take 2-0 series lead, and both games also go over the posted total. As we take a look for the view from Vegas from our friend Dave Tooley, you had the favorites going uh, 4-0, obviously today, or 2-0 today, and the overs going 2-0. So favorites right now 6-2 straight up, 5-3 in this round of the playoffs. 36-15 straight up are the favorites 30 and 21 against the spread over uh home teams 6 and 2 straight up 7 and 1 against the spread in this round of the playoffs 30 and 21 straight up for the home teams however the road teams 26 and 25 against the spread and uh Let's see, if you're looking at the uh, zigzag, it was uh, 0-2 and 2-2 in this round. 18-21 and overall against the spread. Over-unders 4-4 in this round. And the unders dipped to 31-20 and against the spread. So unders still leading the way, and, and unders seems to be the, the, the way to go. But we just saw two overs here on Wednesday night. And, and I thought that that was the right play, especially in the Heat 76ers game, just because I expected with a little bit better shooting than what we saw in game one, this game was going to go over. And when the books adjust the total to go down two points, uh, I thought it was a little bit of a gift. And obviously the biggest thing to look forward now in this series is will Joel Embiid be back. And looking at the spread, seeing the Sixers minus one on Friday leads me to believe that Joel Embiid will be back. 
If he is not, and this spread stays this way, which I don't think it should, because without Joel Embiid, I think Miami deserves to be favored in this game three, uh, I would absolutely be on Miami. And I'll tell you where I'm going to be on Miami anyways. Most, prob- most likely in the first half of this game. You see, if Joel Embiid plays, he's going to be wearing the mask. And I know that he's worn the mask before, but this is a little bit of a different injury. And from everything that I'm reading, it's very painful if you look in a certain direction. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment to him playing. And yeah, he'll go through warm-ups and practice and all that stuff and whatever. But when it comes to the game, there'll be a little bit of an adjustment. He has to get comfortable moving around, getting into the game flow while wearing this mask and while managing his pain tolerance. The other thing is, I think psychologically, it's just going to take him a little bit to have the confidence to get acclimated and comfortable in the game situations. You could have... uh, you know, there could be a little bit of hesitancy, right? Not willing to to bang down low and box out for a rebound, just wanting to avoid contact, not wanting to take a, an elbow to the face again. And I, I think that maybe he plays somewhat cautiously early on. And then once he gets into the feel of things, that's when he'll be as close to his normal self as possible. And so... I think Miami in the first half is the play. The line will be inflated towards the Sixers. They'll be favored probably by at least a point and a half in the first half because they are the home team down 0-2, playing with desperation. And you know what? I'll take advantage of it and give me the points with the Heat in the first half against the 76ers in Game 3. Uh, Phoenix is a one-point favorite in Dallas in Game 3. Is that fair? Let's see. Hmm. Six-point favorites in Phoenix. We're going to make them, let's say, four-point favorites, neutral floor. Maybe you make them three, neutral floor. So you give it a pick in Dallas? Maybe even, you know what? Yeah, I think that this is a, a reaction to how good Phoenix has looked in these first two games. And there actually might be a little bit of value on Dallas catching a point here. Especially if the spread moves even further. Just in terms of where the spread should be and how much do you value home court. And if just looking at how the Sixers were favored in games one and two compared now to what the Suns are favored in game three on the road. So, like I said, I I think home court advantage is probably valued a little bit too much. But I understand it's the playoffs, so you're going to give it a little bit more. So if we're giving it three points, again, Suns minus six at home, minus the three. So make it 
minus three on a neutral floor, minus the three the other way, it becomes a pick em. Now you're telling me that they're actually minus one in Dallas. Probably a point off here. So if this gets any higher, plus two for Phoenix, maybe even two and a half, I doubt it's going to move that much. But if it does, Dallas could be the play there at home. But again, watching these two games, not much you can tell me about Dallas's chances to win this series. The, the Phoenix Suns, and I said this last night or, or two nights ago when after game one, what they have shown us in these two games against Dallas is exactly how good they are and how good they were. And coming into this postseason, If I ask any of you at the beginning of the playoffs who's going to win the NBA Finals, who was your pick to win the NBA Finals? The answer is the Phoenix Suns. At the very worst, the answer is the Phoenix Suns to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. That this was a mission team uh, after losing a 2-0 lead in the Finals last year. Uh, This team was the best team all season long and looked like the best team going into the playoffs. They never took their foot off the gas pedal at the end of the season. And so, yeah, this was the team to beat. But then the Devin Booker injury. And then they struggle a little bit with New Orleans. Meanwhile, the Warriors look unstoppable, especially with this new death lineup. They look great in their first-round series. The Boston Celtics sweep the Brooklyn Nets, the team that was favored all season long to win the NBA title, which never made sense. Pure speculation. But anyway, okay. And somewhere along the line, even with Devin Booker's eventual return in that New Orleans series, there was this kind of... It's not disrespect, but just people may have forgotten about the Phoenix Suns just because everybody else was starting to take a step up. And what Phoenix has done in these two games is just remind us. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the best team. We are the team to beat. 
it's reflective in the odds now as they are the favorites to win the NBA title, and they should be. Absolutely over anybody else. And so looking at them and 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 seeing how good that they looked, and with all due respect to the uh, Dallas Mavericks, this team was so great defensively all season long and even in the playoffs. They gave up 121 points in game one and 129 points in game two. What the Suns have been able to do to this Dallas Mavericks defense is one of the more impressive things that we've seen in this postseason. More impressive than how the Heat have stymied Trey Young and and now everyone on the Sixers and uh, more impressive than the Warriors' death lineup and really Suns scoring 129 and 121 against this Mavericks defense. They are flexing their muscles. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Eric Moody, uh, fantasy and sports betting analyst for ESPN, will join me coming up next. We'll get uh, more into the NBA playoffs and uh, see what Eric thinks about the games that we saw here on Wednesday night, what to uh, expect coming up on Friday and Saturday, and if the cream is starting to rise to the top. (coughs) Excuse me. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on the look ahead, Scott Sadenberg here with you. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, always on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Joining us now to continue the NBA playoff conversation is Eric Moody, fantasy and sports betting analyst for ESPN. And Eric, taking a look at the two game twos that we saw here on Wednesday night, both series. Now two games to none. Let's start in the East where the Miami Heat dominate the Sixers for a second straight game. To me, I was baffled at the point spread, lack of adjustment with Joel Embiid out, only moving at three points for game one and then no movement really for game two. Kind of shocking when you consider just how important Joel Embiid is to this Sixers team. What did you make of the first two games? Yeah, it's a lot to uh, to unpack here. You know, but first of all, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, James Harden. That was one player that came to mind because you think Joel Embiid out, he really needs to step up. You look at Harden, he's taken you know, 28 field goal attempts through two games in this series. 27 of those have been contested. Now he's shooting 10 of 27, so 37% on contested field goals in the series. And it's really difficult to have confidence in Harden right now. So from a, a prop betting lens, I'm like, it, it, it's hard to go into this next game not thinking under on points with him right now. I'll pass it back to you. What do you think? What's amazing is he now has 12 straight playoff games, I believe, scoring under 25 points. Mm-hmm. And his prop total, I think, in game one was 25 and a half, and he didn't score that. <laughs> and there was an adjustment yeah. made for game two, which I think it was 22 and a half. 
and he hasn't and he didn't hit it because he only scored 20. So I, I I'd be very curious to see what the market is for it, game three for James Harden. Because how could you go lower than 22? But I think they might. Yeah, no, it, it's possible. I'm 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 looking I'm looking forward to seeing like what that line looks like. I know two other players that you know watching this game. I was thinking, okay. It's really fascinating with these performances. One is uh, Jimmy Butler. Now, Butler scored or assisted on 52 of the 96 points the Heat scored with him on the floor. Now, the Heat were 12 you know, out of 15 off passes like from Butler. And also, two Butler, um, like, off of, like uncontested shots off of Butler's passes, they were like you know, 7 out of 8. And so when you look at Butler going into this next game, you know, going over points and assists is something I would consider. But also when you look at the sixth man of the year, you know, Tyler Hero, you know, going over points, I'm like, he's been like phenomenal. They just haven't had an answer for him this series. You know, tonight what he had 18 points with seven rebounds, three assists. And then you look at, um, I guess, the Miami Heat. You know, they join uh, the Golden State Warriors as the only team with multiple games of 50 or more points, like from their bench this postseason. So it's hard to envision like his positive momentum like not continuing in game three so i think he's going to keep you know moving along and you know he's someone to target on props is the miami heat i think that i I'm, they're they're winning this series right what is it 16 straight series now with the 2-0 series lead that they haven't lost so they're winning this series against the sixers uh even if joel Embiid comes back for game three but yeah going up against either Boston or Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals, how would you how would you handicap that series? Ooh, that's that's kind of an intriguing, uh like intriguing matchup. Just just kind of thinking about that. I think the Heat I, might be underdogs, if I'm being honest, in in either against the Celtics or the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, when I think about the Bucks, you know, it really comes down to uh like with Chris Middleton you know, if he's going to be able to come back and if he's, you know, close to 100%. The Celtics would be a really difficult, uh, a difficult draw, you know, for Miami. But kind of going into the postseason, Miami was was really one of my um, kind of under-the-radar, underdog-type picks, you know, to win the East. And I think they've delivered so far in the series. But to your point, like looking at Embiid, like in Game 3, if they're going to have, like, any shot, he needs to come back. But it's funny because the, you know, the 76ers have, have – performed a lot better when they've gone small. So I think we may see more of that like in game three, just depending on Embiid's uh, status. I'll still bet Miami, and, and if Embiid's oh, yeah. back and, and the spread even gets higher, I'll, I'll gladly take the points with this Heat team. This this could be a sweep, uh, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, the Suns, boy, have they flexed their muscles. They, they <laughs> yes. look like every bit of the team they were in the regular season and coming into the playoffs. And I just said this, Eric, and, and tell me if you agree. I felt like at some point, and yes, it was a combination of the Devin Booker injury, uh, the Warriors looking great, the Celtics sweeping the the Brooklyn Nets, but at some point, it seems like people kind of pushed the Suns aside. And after two games here against the Dallas Mavericks, they have really stomped their foot down and, and and reestablished why they are the favorites to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm like you. You hit on a on a ton of great points. I would say, you know, from um, you know tonight's game, it was really three key takeaways. You know that I had. You know, for one, you've got Chris Paul. I'm like he's been phenomenal, uh, like in points and assists so far for this series. You look at Paul. I know he shot 
around 74.4% over his uh, last three games. That's the third highest by any player over a three-game span in the playoffs, the shot clock error, and the highest really by any guard. You look at Devin Booker, you know, with that lethal combo. You got Chris Paul, you got Devin Booker. So you look at Chris Paul going into this next game, you know, consider from a prop betting lens, you know, over, you know, points and assists. Definitely Devin Booker over on points. Like in game two, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, they scored or assisted on 53 points, like in the second half. That's where things really trended up for them to close that game out. And the Mavs scored, you know, just 49 points, like in the second half. It was hard to watch. You look at Luka. I'm like, he's been superb so far during this series considering what's going on around him the his his teammates you know the in Dallas are are not really stepping up where they need to especially like Jalen Brunson I've been shocked to see his performance thus far in this series but you look at Luka tonight I know he had his ninth career 35 point game in the playoffs tying Rick Barry for the most in NBA history before turning 24 years old they're asking him to do a lot but it's just not going to be enough to overcome uh this complete Phoenix Suns team in my opinion uh, anything that you're looking forward to on Friday in either of these game threes? Yeah, I just I just really want to sit there and uh, just really watch this game and 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 take you know take things in. Um, but if you're looking at uh, for Friday's games, let me think back. Mine's all over the place. So we got Boston and no fr- uh, Friday. Boston. You'll actually have the same matchups that we have tonight because we, we oh, yeah yeah we don't get the Boston and, and the Warriors games until Saturday because the NBA Saturday. schedule is just a joke, but. That's another whole whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting my days mixed up. But yeah, with these games, I kind of hit on some things that, you know, that I'm looking forward to uh, to watching. But uh, just with being here in Dallas and just watching this Dallas Mavericks team, I've been really surprised, you know, uh, by their performance. But I know I'm kind of getting anxious on those Saturday games. I know it's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting takes on those games, too, if we have time to hit on. So let's get into the first one there on Saturday. Celtics yeah. Bucks. Uh, series tied at a game apiece. Milwaukee, a three-point favorite, I honestly think is too much of an adjustment here. Um, Just looking at what the spread was in Boston, where the Celtics were four-and-a-half-point favorites, Mm -hmm. I'm all for giving, you know, awarding something for home court, but just seems like three is too much. I'm I'm probably going to be on the Celtics here. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I agree. You know, definitely take, uh, you know, take Boston, you know, with the points there. Uh, When I think about that game, you know, Boston, you know, ended up winning like on, on the glass. They also did a really good job uh, stealing the ball as well. Uh, turnovers were, were were pretty close or even between the two teams. And one thing I'd like to see Boston do more of, and I think Robert Williams can help with this, is to figure out a way to score inside like at a higher rate. Uh, but just given how they've played defense uh, and put a lot of pressure on, on Giannis. I'm like, he's really struggled throughout this series. If you look at it from his field goal percentage and other areas. And so, you know, Boston's defense will continue to play like a key role, like in this series, even going like on the road, I think that momentum will still, you know, continue. Uh, so, uh, you know, take Boston with the points also with the way that this series has gone, it's been very defensive focused. So, even leaning towards like the under, you know, there, you know, for betters, uh, it's really ruled the day, you know, so far in the series. So I think that trend will continue uh, from a prop betting lens, you know, with Giannis, you know, going under, um, I believe his total, I think was at 49.5, like points, assists and rebound. It's, again, you know, the Celtics have done an excellent job, like limiting him uh, so far. Um, I know he's missed 16 shots in each of his first two games in the series. 
Uh, that's the first time in his career he's missed more than 15 shots in back-to-back games. So they're really making life uh, difficult for him. So again, you know, the team will have to rally around him. I like what I've seen from Robert Williams, though, over these uh, first two games. You know, his, his minutes have increased. You know, he's averaged eight points per game and uh, 6.5 rebounds per game so far this series. So I think he's in a really good position to exceed those per-game averages in uh, the next game. Uh, I believe that uh, that props at uh, 14.5 points and rebounds. Another kind of under-the-radar option is uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, I believe that's over 5.5 rebounds. And he's been consistent on the boards during the playoffs. He's averaged 5.4 rebounds per game, you know, 28.2 minutes per game. So, you know, again, minutes are trending up for him. He's kind of back to his old self now that he's healthy. I'll kind of close on this and pass it back to you. Uh, you've got uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown uh, with the props on those two players. Again, they've been phenomenal so far in this series. I believe that trend will continue. Uh, this was the, like the fifth playoff game in which Tatum and Brown each scored 25 or more points, first mm. time since 2020. So th- that's what I like there. <laughs> Take a look at that. Eric, appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with all your bets and enjoy the next two nights off because uh you, you've deserved it all right <laughs> take care Ed. <laughs> yeah, it is eric moody fantasy and sports betting analyst for espn i'm scott seidenberg it's a look ahead here on visa this is the look ahead on visa the sports betting network Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. Wanted to uh, take a quick glance at the Major League Baseball board here for Thursday. Just kind of go over where we are looking at some of these games. Because there are quite a few day games. Uh, Just a couple, not not a lot. Just a couple here. We got Angels-Red Sox, 1.35 a.m. Eastern time. Shohei Otani against Rich Hill. The Angels right now listed at minus 150. And I I feel like it, it, it should be more. Um, I'm curious to see where this thing goes. Uh, I'm seeing minus 150, yeah, for Otani against Rich Hill. The thing with Rich Hill is that he does not have the velocity anymore. He's not a hard thrower. But sometimes he gets by because the velocity throws guys off that you're so used to seeing all these hard throwers, especially coming out of the bullpen, that when you have a guy that's only throwing 89 or so, um, your timing could be off. Then again, there are certain teams that will tee off on a guy like Rich Hill. Um, In his last two starts, those looked really good. Uh, Four shutout innings against Tampa Bay, four shutout innings against Baltimore, the thing with Rich Hill, though, is that you're not going to get him deep into a ball game. So this is a spot where he's only going to throw four to five innings. And then the Red Sox will 
dip into their bullpen. And now you're going to get the Red Sox bullpen against this Angels team. And look at what we saw here in the Angels 10-5 win over the Red Sox on uh, thir- on on Wednesday where they scored six runs in the top of the 10th inning. Well, they scored one run in the top of the ninth to tie the game. And that was, uh, you know, in the ninth inning, they get some runners on. Um, the inning started here, top of the ninth inning. Started with uh, Robles on the mound. And you got a strikeout of Ward, a walk of Mike Trout, a walk of Shohei Otani. Anthony Rendon flies out, and then Walsh singles, scoring Mike Trout. Now you get a Suzuki walk, and Stasi flies out to end the inning. All right, we go to the bottom of the ninth, nothing for the Red Sox. You go to the 10th inning, you bring in Barnes, and then it's the Ward homer. You bring in Sawamura. He gives up another homer, and... It's a six-run top of the 10th inning. Who can you rely on now in this Red Sox bullpen? And in a game that you're going to need quality innings from your bullpen because Rich Hill is only going to go four to five innings, it's hard not to like the Angels a lot here in this spot against Boston. Uh, the Reds against the Brewers, and what more can you say about this team? The Cincinnati Reds are on a historically bad pace. We talked about it with our very own Adam Burke earlier. Like, they're on pace to only win, like, 20-something games, which is, it's first of all, 40-something, 43, I think, is the record for the worst record in, ever in Major League Baseball. This team is 3-21. and 21. Honestly, I know someone uh, out there that uh, respected better that has just kept hammering the under on them at every number that gets adjusted where available. And it opened up in the 70s and, and gets lower and lower and then into the 60s and just keep betting the under, under, under. This team is probably only going to win like 50 games this year. But that's the thing. You see, as bad as they are, still going to win 50 games. If they only win 40 games, I mean, that's crazy. Again, the, the worst record all time is 40, what, 40, what did I say, 43 in 2003 Tigers, right? 43 and 119 is the worst record over 162 game season. So let's just say that they will tie this worst record in baseball history. That means that from now until the end of the season, they're going to win 40 games. And Those wins are going to come whether you like it or not. So you want to say, I'm just going to keep blindly betting against the Cincinnati Reds? Well, you're going to keep laying juice 
even if you're betting the uh, teams on the run line, and I know they've done a bad job of covering the run line, but there will be plenty of games in which the Reds will lose, but will cover the run line for the rest of this season, I'm saying. But they will, if they have the worst record in Major League Baseball, they have worst record in history. They have played now 24 games. They're 3-21. and 21. That's 138 games left. So let's say they go 40 and 98. Right? 40 and 98 for the rest of the year. Out of the 138 games. I mean, which is historically bad if they would do that, even that. But you're going to lose games betting against them. Just accept that. And by the way, the more that they lose now, the more there will be progression as we hit into the summer months. And there's going to be a stretch where they're going to win 7 out of 10 and going to burn people that are betting against them. It's just natural. The season's too long. They will have a good stretch. The good stretch is not going to be enough to give them a winning season. It's not going to be enough to even win, in my opinion, over 50. I think 52 is what they're going to get. That's what, if you ask me right now, what's their record? I say you know, 52 wins. 52 and 110, right? Would that be the record? That, that's what I think is what they're going to get, which would mean I'm giving them 49 wins for the rest of the season out of 138 games. So those wins are going to have to come somewhere. Still, it's hard not to bet against them. Hunter Green on the mound, he throws hard. Adrian Hauser, he's got decent numbers. Uh, Milwaukee, minus 240 in this game, minus 115 on the one-and-a-half run line. You got the Nationals at the Rockies. Aaron Sanchez against Antonio Sanzatella. Colorado, minus 140, total of 11. So still hanging big numbers in Colorado. Elsewhere, they've been adjusting, but in Colorado, still hanging those big numbers. Blue Jays and Guardians, Jose Barrios, Aaron Savali, and total is eight. Toronto minus 150 in this spot. Mets at the Phillies. Philadelphia minus 150 with Aaron Nola on the hill against Taiwan Walker. The Mets right now the best record in the National League, but they just got blown out by the uh, Braves, and you wonder if bullpen fatigue is starting to come into play. They used Adam Adovino in this game against the Braves, and he became the first Mets reliever to pitch three days in a row. And they brought him in, and that's when everything just kind of was done. He didn't even record an out. Um, You know, gave up two hits, uh, three runs. He allowed the inherited runners to score. So, unfortunately, those runners got charged to Tyler McGill, who I like to call Sylor McGill because he's having just that tremendous of a season. So you wonder if bullpen fatigue is starting to come into play here for the Metropolitans. They uh, are underdogs in Philadelphia. Twins at the Orioles, Chris Archer, Spencer Watkins. No line on that yet. Tigers at the Astros, Houston minus 165. Tariq Skubal, Jose Urquidy. Uh, Padres minus 120 against the Marlins. Nick Martinez and Jesus Lazardo. And Tampa Bay minus 135 uh, at Seattle. Shane McClanahan against Robbie Ray. No line out for the Cardinals and the Giants. Miles Michaelis and Logan Webb. 
Coming up next, Keelan Jones from The Ringer will join me. Keelan Jones as we uh, react to what we saw last week in the NFL Draft. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Kentucky Derby is on Saturday. Right now, VSIN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race. Plus, best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. Pre-order your copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash derbyguide. That's vcin.com slash derbyguide. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vcin. Uh, we'll talk Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Vinny Mayula will join us on the program. Uh, talk everything you need to know about the Derby. I can tell you right now, uh, I'm placing my bet on a horse. and It has nothing to do with any handicap. It's just because I'm a Ranger fan and the horse's name is Messier. So <laughs> I will be doing that blindly. Uh, let's talk about the NFL draft and uh, what's to come this season. What can we expect? Joining us now from the ringer is Kalen Jones. And Kalen, appreciate you giving us a couple minutes here on VSIN. Uh, reacting to the NFL draft, how surprised were you by the fall of Malik Willis, who many thought would go into the first round? You know, Scott, it wasn't necessarily that surprising in the sense that he fell. I think it was shocking that he ended up going in the third round. And I think the distance between Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and then Willis himself. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I think that's what was the most shocking of all. I think he ended up in a pretty good spot, right? When you look at the Tennessee Titans and their timeline, they obviously have Ryan Tannehill in place currently. Um, he will probably play out the remainder of that contract. And based on where Willis was drafted, there probably won't be high expectations for him to you know, become that franchise quarterback. If he was drafted in the first or second round, I think there'd be a lot higher expectations for him you know, right off the bat. But pretty good situation for him it was unfortunate to see him tumble that far but you know all things considered I think he can be happy with where he ended up which quarterback do you think is in the best situation is it Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh yeah immediately it's definitely Kenny Pickett look it I mean you look at Pittsburgh over the years Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record coaching that for that franchise and I think when you look at the way that Pittsburgh 
set him up for success just based off the draft alone. You know, for them to add Calvin Austin the third, who a lot of people had, you know, as a, a high potential player with a lot of playmaking ability. And then you add in George Pickens from Georgia, who arguably was the best receiver in the draft. He just has some off-field issues. And we've seen Pittsburgh, you know, over the past 10 years, um, Antonio Brown, we can name Martavis Bryant. Uh, you can make jokes about Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. I mean, like, they like to take on those brash, different personalities at receiver, and they tend to maximize them. So I think ultimately it was a really good draft, and I think Kenny Pickett is in a really favorable position, and it makes sense why he's the favorite, you know, win rookie of the year. I mean, he's going to see the most playing time likely out of all the rookie quarterbacks, and he's on a win-now team, you know, playing for one of the most iconic franchises in football. I think this is a, a really interesting fit. Um, regardless of how people feel about him going in the first round, he has a lot, a really good chance to succeed within that franchise. Who did the best job at improving their team here in the draft? And maybe it's not a team that was involved in the draft. Maybe it was the Philadelphia Eagles making the trade for A.J. Brown. Yeah, the Eagles are definitely up there. They are definitely in the conversation, in my opinion. And it's because of their ability to take, you know, a lot of their draft capital and maintain it going into next year. I think the, la the last time I talked with you, Scott, you know, they had just made that deal yep. with the Saints to take on that additional draft pick in the first round going into the next year. And so now by adding A.J. Brown with that additional first in this year's uh, class, you know, they're still able to get a full assessment of Jalen Hurts, just like we discussed, while also adding Jordan Davis, who looks like a natural replacement for Fletcher Cox in the middle of that defense. They also were able to add N'Kobe Dean, who a lot of people consider a first-round talent despite the medical concerns. So I'm really, you know, encouraged by what Howie Roseman is doing with the Eagles and building them moving forward. I mean, they were definitely a winner. I think my number one team, though, would have been the Jets, just based on the fact that they had three first-round picks, added a lot of blue-chip talent, and, you know, didn't really mess around with day three uh, at all, you know. Picks and three first round picks, adding Brees Hall in the second round, who I think can end up being a superstar within that wide zone offensive scheme. I mean, I'm really impressed by what Joe Douglas did in New York, which is a pretty rare thing to say, you know, considering how that team has performed over the past few years. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I love the Jets over their five and a half win total. I think they got four players at least that will have significant impacts this season. And I actually like Brees Hall at 11 to 1 to win. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Speaking of the Offensive Rookie of the Year, who are you circling right now? Yeah, Brees Hall is actually my guy, and I'm upset that you, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think with him, you know, they have a two-headed monster now with him and Michael Carter, and, you know, this arguably is the deepest wide receiver, wide receiver court the Jets have ever had, right? When you, you add in Garrett Wilson, to already Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, who they, who they drafted last year. This is a deep receiving core now for Zach Wilson. And I just love, I love Brees Hall in college. And I think that this kid is, is going to be explosive. Got a lot of upside. And I mean, you think about it, Kyle Shanahan employing that scheme in San Francisco. I mean, he's gotten fifth round picks to be a thousand yard rushers. I think Brees Hall, and he kept saying this during the combine unprompted, that he's the best running back in this class. And mm -hmm. I think it's very clear that he is. And he still hasn't even scraped the surface of what his potential can be, in my opinion. So moving forward, I think him being in that system, especially as a one-two punch with Michael Carter, like you mentioned, being kind of a secondary and complementary option 
to that passing game, which, you know, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, like you said, and then they added in the tight end room, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma, like yeah. Zach Wilson and the Jets are in position to really capitalize uh, this season. So hopefully uh, that can happen. And I think Brees Hall could end up being a really big part of that. And that's why I like his odds off his rookie of the year. How about defensive rookie of the year? Because I actually think there's a number of candidates that could win this award. And it might not be the guys that are on top of the list. Who do you have? So I have a, you know, a list topper, I guess we'll say here. You know, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. And you look at him stepping into Wink Martindale's system in New York. Um, you consider last year, Odafe Owe, uh, really raw out of Penn State, uh, similar to Kayvon Thibodeau, but immediately stepped in, had 49 pressures last year, according to Pro Football Focus, which was tied for 28th among all edge rushers. He also ended up piling up five sacks. And I think that with Kayvon Thibodeau, just based on, you know, where he's at in his development, while there's still questions about the secondary moves and what can add here and there, um, the Giants underneath Patrick Graham last year looked pretty decent. I know that the wins didn't, wouldn't suggest so, but they weren't a bad unit, in my opinion. And then now uh, playing under Wink Martindale's system, I think he's going to be able to really maximize uh, the players that they have. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau can end up really thriving, similar to the way that Odafe Owe last year. I know that his odds right now for sacks uh, I think the number, the over-under set at seven and a half. I'd take the over. I think that, again, Odafe Owe's production last season was a good preface, uh, precedent to, you know, look at and then say, I think Kayvon Thibodeau, who enters a more talented player, should be able to capitalize and produce at a higher clip. Let me give you a long shot, and, and I want your thoughts on it. Nick Benito at 60-1, to 1, Defensive Player of the Year up there in Denver. I like it. I love it. So Nick Benito is one of those guys out of Oklahoma. That defense, they find a lot of players who end up contributing more at the NFL level than we'd say at the college level. And Benito was one of the higher graded edge rushers for me. And I think that he steps into a really favorable system in Denver. Obviously, you know, them adding Randy Gregory um, means that he'll probably be able to rotate in and out um, along the edge. But he should be able to step in and find the role as, you know, a pass-down edge rusher and really be able to hound quarterbacks and pin his gears back. I think that's what he brings and what he's really good at. So I don't hate that pick at all, especially considering that Denver will be, you know, a playoff contender. If they're not in the playoff, they will at least be close enough to have a lot of eyeballs on them. And I think if Benito comes up with enough big sacks, we're going to be talking about him as one of the seals of the draft. Uh, we got about a minute left. I mentioned the Jets are one of my favorite win totals to go over. Uh, just after this draft and after the offseason, anybody jump out to you as maybe a win total to go over or maybe under this upcoming season? Oh, man, that's a good one. I, I think, you know, when, when you talk about the win total over and unders, I, I think that, you know, some of those teams, I mean, five and a half is really good for the Jets. I think the Giants, again, like I just talked about, like seven and a half could be good mm, for them. Okay. Uh, I wasn't yeah. too impressed. I wasn't too impressed by the Bears draft. I know that they're at like six and a half. So I'm oh, a little bit. Oh, I could go under know. on the Bears for sure. Yeah. I think you slammed the under. Yeah, <laughs> I could go under on the Bears. They they did not uh, help Justin Fields out really at all in this draft. So that could be uh, that could be one to take a look at. Kalen, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Great insight as always. And we'll be reading your stuff at the ringer. Of course, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. There he is. Kalen Jones, the ringer, the ringer NFL does a great job uh, covering football for them. And man, yeah, the Bears, they did not help out Justin Fields. Yeah, I like the Jets over 
five and a half. I think the Bears would go under. The Giants possibly over like that as well. Um, yeah, lots of things to look at uh, when it comes to the NFL. We'll have plenty of time to jump into that. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on Decent. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.